some captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds. Of night and as dark shadows put to flight, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come. To thee, O Israel. Christmas is a beautiful thing, filled with joy and laughter, family and friends. It's a beautiful day and a beautiful season, but it's so much more than that. Christmas is a belief that the God who made the world also loved the world, so much so that he sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is Christmas. Christmas isn't just a story to be told and then forgotten, but it's a story to be remembered and loved and lived. Christmas is a celebration, rejoicing in the light of the world who stepped into the darkness for all of us. Christmas is a time when all kinds of people from all kinds of places come together to remember Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is an invitation O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye weary. O come, let us adore him. Christmas is about faith, hope, and love. Christmas is about Jesus. This is Christmas.
Well, good morning to you. Are you awake? All right. I want to make sure. I'm in a barrel here, brother. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's better. It's good to see you this morning. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, thank you so much for uh, getting here a little earlier today for our worship service and uh, being a part of this. It's so good to see you. I uh, just want to remind you tonight, 6 o'clock is our annual Christmas Eve candlelight service, and I hope that you'll be a part of that and be able to be here and celebrate with us. And um, we always have a, a great number of people from our community that will come in for that, and uh, we're always grateful to see them, but we are, we're always excited to see our, our church family too, so I hope you'll come and be a part of that. I hope you picked up a bulletin on the way in. All the announcements there are extremely important. Uh, make sure you check the post office uh, out there with the Christmas cards so that you get your Christmas cards before Christmas and not have to pick them up next week after Christmas. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, also, I wanted to uh, make you aware of something you may not be aware of. I appreciate Miss Judy Godwin letting me know about this this morning. Miss Linda Berry, I don't know how many of you may remember Tom and Linda, but Miss Linda has passed away, and um, they are taking donations, contributions to assist the family uh, with ongoing expenses for Tommy. And so the, uh, there's a copy of the obituary that also has the address at the bottom. If you would like to give uh, to help uh, Tommy moving forward, you'll have that opportunity to do that. So if you go out to the welcome desk, there's a, there's a folder there. Uh, Miss Judy was gracious enough to run copies of the, the obituary so that you'll have the address. So if you will, you can pick those up. Uh, I've heard that Haynes Smith fell this morning, maybe broke his hip. He's on his way to the hospital. Miss Shirley Hildreth is in the hospital with double pneumonia. Uh, so we've got a lot of folks in our church that are struggling, and uh, we are, are sorry to hear that. Good to see Miss Krista coming in the door. Hey, girl, how are you? It's so good to see you. You make Curly look so much better. You make him look so much better. But thank you for being here today. It's good to have you here. Uh, at the very end of service, just hang with us for a few minutes. We'll be as quick and as brief as possible, but we do have to have that emergency uh, called conference uh, t today because we've got a roof leak and we need to deal with it, and so we need your help with that. Uh, we'll, we'll do that at the end of service. But thank you again for being here. Remember those folks that are struggling in prayer. Uh, we want everyone to have the best Christmas possible, but we're mindful of the fact that some are just struggling this year. Uh, so we want to be able to pray for them as well. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in this house of worship on this Christmas Eve day. And Lord, we thank you for what this season means to us as believers, as followers of Christ, and as we celebrate the birth of our King, the coming of our Messiah. And Lord, today we just want to exalt the name of Jesus above every name. We want to give you honor and glory. We want to praise you. And Lord, today as we do all of that, we do so remembering those of our church family and our friends that are struggling through this holiday right now. And we pray for them, Lord. We lift them before you. We pray for your presence, your peace and your comfort uh, in each of these situations, that you will be at work to glorify your name. 
Guide us and lead us in everything that we do today. May it be done according to your divine will and for your great glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Dad. I'm pregnant. You think she said it like that? Almost like, here it is. Deal with it. And by the way, your grandson, he'll be the son of the most high God. Yeah, how, how do you even say that? The angel told her not to be afraid. And Mary, well, we know she was faithful. So maybe, maybe she just decided to believe him. That whatever was about to happen, she was going to be okay. When do you think she realized that she hadn't accidentally found herself in this situation? But she'd actually been chosen for it. Because when you know that you're chosen, that's when you know that you're loved. And when you're loved, well, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. But Mary dared. She dared to trust God as she watched him give life, then give it up for our sakes. And it all, in the unforgettable miracles and the very scary moments, she trusted his will rather than demanded answers walked forward instead of turned back, stepped out instead of hit. Kind of makes you want to be like that little girl, huh? So do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. Christmas. We have lit three candles for hope, for peace, and for joy. Today we light the fourth candle, the candle of love. With this flame, we signify the love of God that surrounds and fills us at all times, but that we recognize in a special way in the Christmas story. There is no greater power than love, it is stronger than rulers and empires. Stronger than grief or despair. Stronger even than death. We love because God first loved us. May the blessing of Christmas make us a blessing to others. May the peace of the season guide all that we do. Let us welcome the challenge of discipleship as we offer ourselves as, God, as God's ministers. May we go forth in hope, peace, joy, and love. Let us pray. Loving God, we open ourselves to you this Christmas season. As these candles are lit, light our lives with your grace and mercy. Show us the creative power of hope and teach us the peace that comes from your presence. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained but must be shared. Magnify your love within us. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you that we may walk in the light of Christ in the name of the one born in Bethlehem. Amen.
Let's stand together and sing.
Thank you so much for your support. Yes, you. How you are supporting this orality ministry across sub-Saharan Africa. Orality, in the simplest definition, is that people that have a reliance on the oral or spoken word as opposed to the written word for communication. We've seen how people groups for centuries to pass on their culture, to pass on their wisdom to the next generation, they rely on storytelling or music or drumming or dance. These art forms to pass down knowledge in, in this oral preference way. So realizing all of that, we are using God's word in a narrative or a Bible storytelling mode to transmit truth through scripture. Uh, as you give to the cooperative program, as you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, that supports our work, and we thank you. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, you. How you... Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you again today and bring our tithes and our offerings in response to all the blessings you've given us over the past week. There is no greater blessings than the birth and sacrifice of your son, Emmanuel, God with us. Please be with Nancy as she continues leading us in worship. Be with Tommy as he brings the message. And open the hearts of the congregation to receive your word. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive today's message, let's stand and sing together. Love incarnate, love divine, star and angels gave us to babe on bended knee, the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born, he shall reign
For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of this out of the way so I don't go knocking it over. You know, I was talking with Brandon several weeks ago because he was preaching this morning at Kenza Baptist for their Christmas Eve worship service. And and then uh, I was talking to uh, Rhonda earlier today. And, and, and I have to confess to you, if I've not already done this, Holidays, Christmas and Easter specifically, are the hardest days to preach because those are the two most familiar events in the life of Jesus Christ that we know. We know, we know all about the birth, and we know all about the death and the resurrection. And so often that becomes difficult because we think of Christmas being found in the book of Matthew, the very first few chapters, or in Luke, the very first few chapters. And we usually think of Easter being found toward the end of the Gospels where that event is recorded for us. But did you know... and? The truth is, this entire book is about Christmas and Easter. The entire book is about Christmas and Easter. Because salvation, the coming of the Messiah, and the, and the salvation that God has brought to mankind is the story of the Bible. It's about God's love and redemption of humanity. Today, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter number 4. As we look at 
a passage of scripture I think we may have looked at before, but I want to look at it in a little bit different light and a little bit different angle. Several years ago, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, I wrote the date at the top where uh, I, I recorded this. I, it was 2017. A pastor by the name of Al Keeney uh, presented this message, and so I, I have his outline uh, that I am using today. Now, with that said, I, I'm using his skeleton, but putting uh, our meat on the bones. How's that? But I fell in love with this outline and knew that at some point God may uh, want me to use it. So today that's what we're going to do. And we're going to be talking today about when the fullness of the time came. We find it in Galatians chapter number 4 beginning in verse number 4. Paul writes, but when the fullness of the time came. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that he might receive the adoption, that we might receive the adoption as sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Let's pray together. Lord, as we celebrate this sacred and holy season, when we remember the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you gave this precious, precious gift. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to leave the splendor of heaven And as God incarnate step into this world, the world of hurt and pain and discouragement, we thank you that you have chosen to give us yourself. And Lord, we know that there could never be in the life of any human being a greater gift. So today as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, as we prepare for that wonderful day when we remember what took place all those years ago. Lord, fill our hearts with the awe, with the the excitement, with the amazement that all those who witnessed that event had on that, that first Christmas night. Lord, guide us as we study your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's one thing that I think most of us will agree on as followers of Christ, that is that God's timing is always perfect. It's, he's, he's never a moment early or an instant late. We read in the book of Luke, in the account of the birth of the Messiah, it says... Uh, that when it was time had been fulfilled that she gave birth to a son and she named him Jesus. That time, the time. You know, as many times as, as I had gone through this passage of Scripture, I had always read it as the fullness of time. 
But that's not what the passage says. The passage says in the fullness of the time. Indicating that there was a designated moment in human history. Before the foundation of the world. That God had determined that he would send his son. Into this world in that one moment. And so Jesus was not born out of season. He was not born early. He was not premature. He was not past due. He was born in the moment, in the time that God had ordained that he would be born. So what I want to do, now don't let this scare you, okay, because I'm going to go fast. But there are actually seven things in here that are broken down in this passage that I want to share with you very briefly about the fullness of the time. We know that when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son. That means He sent forth one that was immune to manipulation. That God moved by grace, did that which he had purposed in his heart to do at the time in which he had purposed to do it. And that what he did was God sent his son to this earth. One who is eternal and majestic and sovereign and sinless. He was the Son of God. One who had the power of creation, who was an agent in creation. One who is omnipotent and omniscient. One who is all wise and all seeing. That's who came on that first Christmas night when the fullness of the time came. One who is worthy of all honor. One who is worthy of all worship. One who is worthy of all praise. The Lord of glory stepped down from above in the fullness of the time. God sent His Son. Then secondly, it goes on to tell us that when the fullness of the time came... God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Think for just a moment, His very first breath was the smell of camel dung and horse sweat. (laughs) The musty smell of straw, the stench of a barn. He was wrapped in homespun clothing. He was laid in a common feeding trough, grimy and unfit for a human, little less the Son of God. He was born into a world of fleas and flies and insect bites. He was born into a world of bacterial infections and genetic defects, a world that was imperfect and impure because sin had ravaged it. And ravaged it completely. He was born into a world of discomfort. 
where disease and death reigned in almost every household and every home. He was born into a world of guilt and despair, a world of hopelessness. He was born of a woman whose agony that night was an echo of the curse that he had come to conquer. In the fullness of the time, God sent forth his son born of a woman. In the fullness of the time, thirdly, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law. Born under the law. He was born under the law that God had given as a standard of life. He was born under the law that he himself had set in place. It was the law that had been twisted into an instrument of death by the disobedience of man. See, the law was always intended to to show the holiness of God, but because man violated God's law, it also shows the, the depravity of mankind. Because no one human being on the earth up to the time of the birth of Jesus, when he was born in the fullness of the time, as God's son, born of a woman under the law, no one could keep that law. And so the law that God had given to give life now became a law that had been twisted to be an instrument of death. The law was so simple. Love God and obey God. That was the law. In a nutshell, that's all the law. Love God and obey God. That was the law. But yet it was so severe in that disobedience carried the sentence of separation from God. If we could only love God and and, and if we could only obey God, then we would live in life. But because we disobey, we're separated. Born under that law. The law that was intended to be a blessing, but our disobedience had turned that law into a taskmaster. The law was meant to be something that brought us health and happiness and peace and contentment, but we turned it into something that brought us pain. It was a law that was never kept until the very lawgiver himself came into the world. You see, all that happened when the fullness of the time came. Writer of Hebrews, Paul goes on to say that when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son in order that he might redeem. See, there was a purpose behind the birth. It wasn't just so that, like undercover boss, where you just show up and see how people are doing without them really knowing who you are. He had, his, his birth, his coming had been prophesied for, for centuries before, and now he had come, but he came with a purpose. And that was to redeem 
to redeem us by living a spotless life of utter integrity by graciously giving us giving the acts of gentle mercy. You see, He came to redeem us. And He came to redeem us not because He felt sorry for us, but because He loved us. He came to redeem us with an unwavering love for all people, no matter who they were, how bad they had been, how messed up their life may be, no matter how how out of sorts their thinking and theology may have been. He came to redeem that person. Think of the worst person you know. He came to redeem that person. Think of the best person you know. He came to redeem that person. He came to redeem us by courageously proclaiming the uncompromising truth. He never wavered from His message. He never wavered from the truth that He came to proclaim that there's a God in heaven who loves us with an everlasting love and wants us to know Him. He came to redeem us by the demonstration of God's power displayed through a faithful servant. He came to redeem us with an unflinching obedience in the face of the demand for His life, His body, and His blood. It would have been so easy for Him to veer off course just a little to avoid the ridicule, the hostility, and eventually the death that would come His way. But No, He came to redeem, and redeem meant He had to stay faithful to the plan. He had to stay faithful to the purpose for which He was sent. He came to redeem us with His silence as He was ridiculed and slandered and finally nailed to a cross. The Bible says He went as a sheep would go to slaughter. He he went willingly. He He did not resist. He did not fight. He laid down his life. And he did it in silence because he understood that with mere words, he could have brought everything to a halt. With mere words, he could have thwarted God's plan of redemption. So he chose to remain silent, faithful, and true. He came... To redeem us with three days in a grave. He came to redeem us with his triumphant resurrection when he burst forth from the tomb. He came to redeem us in the fullness of the time. Fifthly. When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son that we might receive adoption as sons. We, isn't that what he says? That we might receive adoption as sons. We, that's you and that's me. The undeserving, the unrighteous and the impure. The mess up, the messed up and the, the, the mal-aligned, the, the ones who had who had chosen to reject Him, He came that we might receive adoption as sons. We, the the unable, the unknowing, 
and the helpless. We who are the impotent, the crippled, and the blind. We who had disowned him and turned away from him in shame. He came that we might be adopted as sons. So I want you to understand Christmas is very personal. It's not just about a, an event. It's not just about a holiday. It's not just about a, the pageantry. It's not just about the celebration. It's about us. When the Christ came that we, wretched as we are, might be adopted as the sons of God. We. Let that sink in for just a moment. You say, well, I'm not a bad person. We doesn't hurt that bad when I say it because I know how moral I've been and upright I've been and how, how church going I have been and how Christian I have acted. But we also involves the, the one that's sitting on death row, the one who has mass murdered, the one who is addicted to drugs, the one who is living that lifestyle that we can't stand, the one who is coloring outside of the lines, the one who is, who is held captive by alcohol, the one who is addicted to gambling, and, and pornography, we is who he came that we might be adopted as sons. We. No one is excluded, by the way. There's no exceptions to the rule. And if that were not enough, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Who could have ever imagined or who would have ever conceived in their wildest imagination that the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings, the glorious God Almighty would allow you and allow me to know Him as our Father. Abba means daddy. It's a term of endearment. Who would have ever dreamed that the God who said let there be and there was would want you, would want me to know him as daddy, our heavenly father. Wow. So that brings me to number seven. See, I told you we were going to go quick. Therefore. What does this mean? Therefore. He saves it until all the way down to verse seven. In verse four, he talks about the fullness of the time. He tells us God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, born under the law. Verse 5 tells us why all this happened. So that he might redeem those who were under the law and that he might, we might receive the adoption as sons. One of the great benefits of it is because as sons we now have the, the spirit inside of us that cries, I have a father, but how do you respond to those first 
three verses that we read. What, should, what difference does that make for you and for me? Whether it's Christmas time or not, what difference does it make? Therefore, because God did all of this, because God fulfilled His plan, because God carried out His purpose, because Jesus came and did everything He was sent to do, accomplished His mission perfectly. Therefore, how do you and I respond to this kind of gift? This is how we respond. Therefore, listen, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Did you notice the singular in that? You are no longer a slave, but a son. You. Now a while ago we talked about we. He came that we might be redeemed. That we might be adopted. We might receive all of that. But then he says, but, but wait, 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 wait. The response is an individual response. It's not a, just a corporate response. It's not just us as a group saying, okay, that's what we want. It has to be you and it has to be me. It has to be your neighbor sitting beside of you and the people in front of you and behind you and those that aren't here. It, it's an individual response. Therefore, you. I think we are to respond in an awestruck gratitude one by one that my response, whether your response is that way or not, my response should be an awestruck gratitude of, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your Son in the fullness of the time, born of a woman under the law, That I might be redeemed from the law. That I might be adopted as a son. That I might be set free. In the fullness of the time God sent His Son to redeem us. And He he did it not as an anonymous crowd, but each as a person that He knows and He loves. I I want you to understand that when Jesus came and was was birthed into this world and and laid in that manger, that it was was, that night was all about God reaching out to you. You. So that you wouldn't have to be a slave any longer. That you wouldn't have to endure being separated from Him any longer. You. He redeems and He adopts you in the same way that He created you. Unique, distinct, especially loved and known for who and what you are. That's the amazement of Christmas for me. Is that Jesus would come to do all of this knowing me for who I am and what I am. And He came anyway. The fact that He would come knowing you, who you are and 
what you are. He came any way for you. Therefore, live as he has gifted you. We are to live as one that has been emancipated from the shackles of our sin. We are to live as one that has been enveloped by his grace and freed from the law. We're to live with him in a relationship of unbreakable love and an unfettered forgiveness, an unsalable acceptance. We are to live as one who is reborn as a son and not a slave. We are beloved and we are blessed and we are entrusted with the privileges that come with being a son of God and an heir of Christ. A son and an heir. You know what that means in biblical terms? That everything God has and everything God owns and everything God possesses is also yours. Heaven that He created with all of His beauty and glory so that He could He would dwell there with all of His created angels and one day all of His redeemed beings is yours. He gives you His glory. He gives you His righteousness. He gives you His holiness. He gives you all that He is, He gives to you because you are a son and an heir. Wow. So here's how I want to close our time on this Christmas Eve morning. I want to save a few moments for our our conference because I know you are busy during this time of season that you have plans and you have things that need to be done, but thank you for being here today. If you're a child of God, you are an heir. I want you to understand what that means. You have dignity, sir, ma'am. You have dignity and you have status. The world may look at you and just see a common individual. They just may see a another worker or another friend or another neighbor or whatever it may be. But I want you to know that when God looks at you, He sees a son and an heir. I want us to know that we have entrance to the throne of the Creator because we are a prince or a princess of the kingdom. You are a prince or a princess of the kingdom. Slaves grovel before the king, but his children can enter boldly into his presence. You are an heir of eternity, an heir of the righteousness of Christ. You are an heir of his glory and you are an heir of his home if you're a child of God. If you aren't one of his children, if you aren't, then you're missing God's greatest gift. In fact, it's the greatest gift that anyone will ever receive, whether it's Christmas or not. It's the greatest gift anyone will ever receive when they receive the Messiah. Are you one of his children? Are you one of his heirs? 
Have you been rescued from the slavery of sin and despair? Have you gained that new life that only His Holy Spirit can give you? And if you cannot say that you are an heir, today could be the fullness of the time for you. Today just may be that one hour, that one moment that through all eternity God has been waiting for you to come to Him for salvation. Today may be the fullness of the time for you. Such a great offer demands a great reply. So how are we going to reply to the one who came for us. The fullness of the time. Oh, there's so much more we could have said. There's so much more we could have dove into this morning. But what a blessing just to, to be able to walk through that one. Those, those, four, those four little verses of Scripture that maybe we never thought of before told us exactly what Christmas was all about. Today, my prayer is that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that you will before this day is over. And if you are a believer, will you stop for a moment somewhere along the line, whether it's today or tomorrow, whenever it may be, will you just stop for that moment and just pause in the presence of the King who has redeemed you, adopted you, and called you a son and an heir, and just thank Him. For the gift that he gave at Christmas. In just a moment we're going to stand. We're going to sing. The altar is open. If you feel led to come and pray. You're always welcome to do that. You can pray where you are. If you know that you need Jesus. And you, you, you're not sure how that works. You're not really sure how that goes. And, and you want to know. You, you want to be that a son. You want to be an heir. You want to receive that which... He has for you. I'm going to be down here at the front. You just come to me and say, Tommy, I want to know more about that. Can you help me with that? I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to be able to share with you how you can become that heir and that son today. I'd love to. Believer today, maybe it's just a good day to unwrap a present of praise to the king. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you loved us enough that you gave us yourself. Lord, you didn't give us a present. You gave us your presence. You You provided for us through the coming of our Messiah that which we did not deserve and could never earn. And you did it because you love us. Lord, I pray that if, if there's one in this room today that's not an heir, that's not been adopted into the family of the king because they've never come to that moment when they understood that they were lost and undone and needed a Savior, that today will be the day that they will see Jesus for who He is. Not some little small baby lying in a manger, but a mighty king resurrected and living willing and ready to deliver them from the bondage of their sin and adopt them into His royal family. Lord, let today be the day. 
For those in this room, Lord, who are already sons and heirs, may today be a day of awestruck wonder as we say thank you for what you did for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you to be seated for just one moment. Um, I'm going to ask our moderator to come on up and and uh, share with us, lead us. Mike, I'll let you adjust that to, to you instead of 